0: Open your Bibles, please, to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3. We'll read there in just a moment. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're in a series called This Is Us, and we're talking about our mission and our values. We talked the first week about the mission of our church, how we want to glorify God and do His will, how we want to follow the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. We want to love God fully. We want to love love others faithfully. We want to make disciples. That's the great commission. We talked uh, last week about being God-centered, how we, we don't want to be man-centered or self-centered. We want to be God-centered. What does God want us to do? What's God's will? That's the question that we ought to ask. And this morning, I want to talk about a really important subject. Uh, we are Bible-based. And here's the principle I want you to get. If you're watching online or here in person, we just write this down, write this principle down. We're saying it like this. We want to base our faith and practices on God's Word. We want to base our faith and practices on God's Word. <clears throat> we're not trying to base it on traditions or opinions or feelings, but on what God has to say. So we're going to read in 2 Timothy chapter three, verses. Uh, I'm going to read beginning with verse fourteen. Let's read there, verse fourteen. The Bible says, "But as for you, continue in what you've learned and firmly believed. You know that those who taught you, uh, you know those who taught you, and you know that from infancy." You've known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Well, uh, let me cough one second. Sorry, I have allergies. And so in... I've already had even my first shot. I'm, I'm fine. But allergies, this is the worst season in all of history to have allergies. I'll just tell you, just because every time I cough, people are scared to death. But just, uh, you know, if you're in the front row, it's more than, it's a lot more than six feet, but I'll cough away from you. Well, I want to tell you a story. So um, Wednesday was terrible weather. You know, we've had terrible weather here this week. If you're hearing this later, it's just, you know, snowy, cold, school was canceled so when we cancel school, I never cancel worship services. If I can't make it, I always say, you know, someone get up and say a good word for Jesus, you know. But I'm, but um, I, we cancel other things. And so we have on Wednesday worship, uh, Wednesday nights we have other activities, and we cancel the uh, Kids Life 5.0, they call it for their tweeners. And um, but one of the young men came; his mom dropped him off, and he came in. We came in. I said, uh, we're not having um, the kids life program tonight I said but you can uh, you can come in to church and hear me preach and he said that's okay (laughs) he said my mom's on the phone I'll just text her and you know she can come back and get me I said okay but if she doesn't you can just come into the sermon and he said well uh, I said it'd be okay you know it'd be all right." he said "Uh, I heard you preach last Sunday and it wasn't that good he said. "Now He's kind of a funny kid, you know, precocious young man and things, and uh, jokes around a lot, and got a good sense of humor. God's uh, got a good sense of humor, too. So he was, um, someone said to him, someone was with me, said, what grade are you in? He said, "Um, fourth grade. He said, oh, no, no, sixth grade. And I said, listen, you don't even know what grade you're in. I'm not going to listen to your criticism of my preaching if you don't even know what grade you're in yet you know i would take into account that when i listen to your criticism criticism of my preaching um but I, I wonder if god isn't going to just because of this if god isn't going to call him to preach and when he becomes a pastor he's going to send some kind of smart edgy uh, tweener into his life to complain about his preaching i wonder if that's what's going to happen now listen i'd like to preach well you know i want to connect with adults and children i want to help people understand and apply God's Word, of course, but there's one thing that's just non-negotiable for us. We are Bible-based. We're going to teach God's Word. You may notice I start every sermon, every week I say, open your Bibles, please, too, and then we look at God's Word. And we do that because we believe God's Word is so important, so powerful, so life-changing, it matters so much, that you need something more than my opinion or my talents, or my abilities, or my humor, or lack thereof. You need what God has to say. And so we're going to talk this morning about what it means to be Bible-based and, and uh, why, for reasons, we want to be Bible-based as a church, and we want you as an individual to be Bible-based. Let's note four reasons. So would you write these principles together? If you're online or you're at home, something, write this down right where you are. Or if you're here in person, let's write these down. Number one, we are Bible-based because of its message. One reason we're Bible-based is because of its message. So go with me back to verse 14 to the text. But as for you, you may remember that Paul is—we've been working our way through uh, 2 Timothy, and we'll finish it after this series is done. And Paul was talking to young Timothy, his kind of—he's the mentor to the mentoree. And he says, as for you, continue in what you've learned and firmly believed. So he's saying, Timothy, you've learned this. Timothy was learning along the way, learning from Paul, but learning from God's Word— And he says, you firmly believed that faith is a a foundation for Timothy, something to build upon. And he says, you know those who taught you, and you know that from infancy you've known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So he's saying, you've known who even taught you. And he's referring back to what we saw earlier in this chapter. The mother and grandmother of Timothy were godly women who taught. Timothy about the things of God, who made sure he learned about the sacred scriptures. Now, we don't know about Timothy's father. We know he was Greek, and maybe he was not a believer. Or if he was a believer, he didn't, you know, kind of pass it on to his son. Some of you grew up in a Christian home. How thankful you ought to be for that, to have parents who taught you about the things of God. Some of you may have had one parent who was really serious about faith and one who wasn't. And many of you grew up without You didn't grow up in a Christian family, or you didn't hear much about the things of God, or your parents never talked about faith. But Timothy's mother and grandmother got it right. And they said, we want you to learn the things of God. In fact, the Bible says here, you know that from infancy, you've known the sacred scripture. When he's a little kid, preschooler. And I just want to say how thankful I am. You know, we don't just babysit our preschoolers and children here. We want to teach them the things of God. And I am so thankful for all of you who teach our preschoolers and our children. You know, they don't always say thank you. And I don't always remember to say thank you. But this one time I want to remember to say thank you so much for teaching them about the things of God. And and as more children come back now each week, we need more. May your tribe increase. We need more who will go love little boys and girls for the cause of Christ. We need men and women who will teach boys and girls about the things of God. And I am thankful for every one of you who does that. And as I said, may your tribe increase. And some of you are, will be coming back soon. And I'm looking forward to that. And teaching little boys and girls and preschoolers about the things of God. And our teenagers about the things of God. It matters so much. And then the Bible says, you have know that from infancy. You've known the sacred scriptures, which are able. They're going to do something. They're able to give you wisdom for salvation, verse 15 says. They can give you wisdom. That's where you begin to see the world as God sees it. And specifically, wisdom for salvation. Because I want you to know, God wants you to be saved. We are lost without Christ, and we need to be saved. Not just reformed, not just to try harder or do better, not just to be more religious, but we need to be saved. The Bible says we need to be born again. We need what only Christ can do. We're lost by our our sins separate us from God, who is holy, and we can never reach God by our good work. We don't base our. our, Notice what the Bible says about salvation here: salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Not based on. It's not through work. It's not through faith in my baptism. It's not through faith in my hard efforts or going to church on Sundays or whatever it might be. It's through faith in Christ Jesus, and you need to be saved. In fact, at the end of this message, I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you to give your life to Christ. And I'm praying, some of you, God has brought you to, to this place or you, you're watching online or you're, you'll hear this on the radio because God in heaven wants you to hear the message of the gospel. And we're praying today, you will repent of your sins and place your faith in Jesus who died for you and rose from the grave and give your life to Christ and you can be saved. Not because you're g- good enough, we can't be good enough, but Jesus live that perfect life we couldn't live. And therefore, Jesus could die the death we deserve on that cross. He died in our place. And Jesus did the miracle we need in the resurrection. And the Bible says if we will repent of our sins and place our faith in Christ and receive him as Savior, we'll be saved. And you can give your life to Christ today. And I've been praying this morning and over the weekend, especially for for you, that you would give your life to Christ if you don't know him yet as Savior. So, write this down. The Bible points to salvation. That's the message. The Bible points to salvation. We see from the earliest days of the law, man is a sinner. We can't, none of us keeps the law perfectly. God is holy, and we are not. All through the pages of the Bible, we're reminded of this truth that we need to be saved. And the Bible is pointing us. The message of the Bible is the gospel message that we need salvation. Now, there's a second reason. We are Bible-based. That is, we're Bible-based because of its nature, because of its nature. So the Bible tells us about its nature. Here's the big claim of the Bible, the big claim, that this is not just a book, but that the Bible comes from God himself. Notice verse 15 says, calls it sacred scriptures. It's saying here that the, the scriptures are set apart, and holy not like another book that may be beneficial but holy and separate and sacred pointing us to God verse 16 says all Scripture is inspired by God now we can miss the depth of that in our English language but the, the original language of this says this all Scripture is God breathed God breathed so that God himself has given us his word. Not just the ideas of men. It's not just written by Paul. That's the claim of the Bible. Not just written by Paul or Moses or John or whoever. But written by God through the instrumentality of men. God uses people. But God himself gave us his word. God himself gave us his word. That's the big claim of God's word. That it's breathed by God. Not just like Shakespeare was inspired. We say he, was a, he could turn a phrase. He could say things in ways that draw us. This is from God himself. And God used people to point us to the truth. And God tells us what we need to hear. God tells us the truth. And we want to be Bible-based because this book is not just another book, but it is God's very word. God cares so much about us that he wants us to know the truth. God cares so much about us that he tells us the truth. Now, listen, there's no end to opinions, right? No end to opinions. Everyone's got opinions, Lots of opinions. We say, "I think," or "I believe." But what's the basis of what you think? What's the basis of what you believe? Is it your feelings? You know, you have feelings. Is it your? Is that what it is? Is that the basis of what you think? Is just your feelings? You know, feelings can be affected by lots and lots of things. How much sleep you got, or how much rest, or what you ate, or is it, your, is it the culture? Is that what basis, what we think, what we, is it our, is it our culture? The Bible, remember last week we talked about how we're not to be conformed to this age. You know, the, the, this age is like the thumb on the Play-Doh pushing us, pushing us. Push, think like this, act like this, believe these things. And the Bible says, don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're to think as God thinks to see the world as God sees it. That's a very different thing. Is it based on your desires? Is that how what our beliefs are based on, just our desires? Sometimes I think we say, I believe this because we want to do what we want to do instead of what God wants us to do. We don't really always want to do what God wants us to do. So we say, I believe this because it's very convenient for me to believe this way because I can continue to do what I want to do already. But God cares so much about you that he says, this is what's right, and this is what's wrong, and this is what you should hear. This is the truth, not just your feelings, not just the culture, not just what you want, but what God says. And so I want us to look at what the Bible teaches us. So we're going to study the Bible in our worship services. We're going to open the Bible. We're going to study the Bible in our small groups, our life groups, study the Bible. We're going to ask people to read the Bible for themselves and we do all of these things because the Bible comes from God himself. Think about how much God cares about you. That he doesn't just say, hey, listen, you just kind of follow whatever's popular in, your, in the generation you live. Just follow that. Or you just do whatever you feel like, even though you're spiritually broken and you have a tendency to believe what you want to believe, not what the truth is. And you just base it on your desires so that you kind of justify whatever it is you think. He said, no, 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 I want you to listen. I'm going to tell you the truth because I love you so much. I'm going to tell you the truth so that you can base your life on something that lasts and something that matters and something eternal. Now, there's a third reason to be Bible-based, and that is we're Bible-based because of its benefits, because of its benefits. Verse 16 says, all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable. Now, if you're, uh, you know, if you're in the military, you have other uh, issues. You know, you, sometimes people shoot at you, things, small little things like that, of course. But if you're in the business world, you know that a profit, you have to make a profit or the job is over. I mean, there's, you've got to have more come in than you send out in order to make a profit. That's how the business works. I should have, I mean, this is just like a gene. Nobody's ever thought of that before, right? Well, the Bible is saying God's word is beneficial for us. It's profitable, and it's profitable in four particular areas. I want us to know each of those. So it is to your benefit that God gives us his word because he wants you to be profited by these four things. Number one, he says, it says all scripture is inspired by God, and it's profitable for teaching, for teaching. So God tells us the truth. God teaches us. God wants us to learn. One of the things we do here is to study God's word together. I want to teach God's word. Our life group classes teach God's word. We want God himself, of course, is the great teacher. I don't know if you had, if you ever had a really great teacher in school, and I so admire that that uh, professional of all of our life group teachers and those who teach children as a profession, and it's a great thing. Well, If you ever had a great teacher, I mean, they can make that subject come alive. Some of you are adults who have some area you really enjoy some interest in life, and it's because some teacher made that subject come to life, and and you just fell in love with history or literature or whatever it might have been. And a great teacher is, is helping us to understand in a different way and to learn and to see why it matters and... To see the beauty and the benefit. Well, God in heaven is the great teacher. And he wants us to know the truth, the benefits, the blessings. He wants you to see how it applies to life. God wants you to learn. And so we want to help you as teachers, of course. But we want you to take personal responsibility and learn more about the Bible. Because God tells us the truth. I am so glad God does that. You know, we don't always want to hear the truth. Sometimes you don't like the truth, but God tells us the truth because it's to our benefit, it's to our profit. A second profit is uh, rebuking. It says it's profitable for teaching and for rebuking. And you say, oh, great, man, I love it. Isn't that awesome that God rebukes? Well, listen, God shows us where we're wrong. He doesn't mind saying to us when we need it, no, or don't, or avoid and it is to our benefit. Now, if you had a great parent, your parents sometimes rebuked you. We don't always understand that. Our parents didn't let us drive our tricycles on the, on the, uh, on the road. Now we wanted to drive our tricycles on the road because the road was smooth and the road looked nice and the road was a good place to ride a tricycle. And so we couldn't understand. Our parents were so old fashioned that they didn't want us to ride our tricycles on the road. Our parents were out of touch. They didn't care about us. They didn't love us. They didn't let us do what we knew was, to, was going to be so much fun. They didn't think enough of us. They were so selfish and so self-centered that they didn't want us to ride our tricycles on the road. What was wrong with our parents? And they would rebuke us when we would do wrong. They would get after us when we were riding our tricycles on the road. And it's, and it's because they didn't care about us, right? Isn't that why God rebukes us? Isn't it because God in heaven, he's so out of touch and he's so old-fashioned and he's, you know, he doesn't really care about us. He's trying to keep us from having fun. He knows how much fun it would be for us to ride our tricycles on the road. He knows how great that would be, but he's so out of date. He's so old-fashioned. He's so, un- isn't that it? Isn't that why God rebukes? Or is it to our benefit and for our profit? Because God knows what we don't know for ourselves yet. Like our parents understood in a way we didn't understand when we were little children. And so the more mature we got, the more we saw, oh, I'm a parent. Uh, imperfect parents, they wanted what was best for me. That's why they gave me that rule. And God in heaven, the more mature I get, my perfect father in heaven, he cares about me so much that he rebukes me and he says no. And we think it's because God doesn't care about us when in reality it's because God loves us too much to not tell us the absolute truth. And he wants so much our benefit that he says these things will harm and hurt and you may not see that right now, And the world may not be telling you that right now, but I care too much about you not to tell you the truth. And so he rebukes us to our benefit. It's for our profit. There's a third area where it benefits. For teaching, for rebuking, for correcting. God doesn't only show us where we are wrong, but God shows us how to make things right. He corrects us. Now, a great parent doesn't just say stop or no. They don't just rebuke us, but they also correct us. They show us a better way to live and a better way to act. So sometimes I'm reading along in God's Word, and can I just tell you, sometimes God rebukes me because I'm reading about an attitude, and my attitude is not what God is saying in His Word, and God is rebuking me that my attitude isn't what it ought to be. But God doesn't just rebuke me, hey, your attitude is lousy, but He also corrects me here's how I want you to think. He doesn't just say, you know, your anger is wrong. That, that kind of anger is wrong, but I want to show you a better way to see and think. Or uh, holding on to bitterness, unforgiveness is wrong, but here's a better, I'm going to correct it as well. Here's what, unfor, here's what forgiveness can do and why you forgive. Here's why forgiveness should matter so much to you. And I, God does that for us. He corrects us and he uses his word as a means of teaching us and rebuking us and correcting us. And then there's a fourth area where he uh, benefits us, and that is training in righteousness. Training in righteousness. This is where God teaches us how to live. He wants us to see how to live life, what to do, how to act. God teaches us how to live. Now imagine, I've talked about a great uh, teacher, a great parent, but imagine a great coach. Some of you had a great coach who just helped you to get the most out of that sport or a great coach in art or music and they just they just helped you to get the most out of things they saw they helped you to see that you could do more than you thought that you could overcome difficulty or adversity that you could learn and grow and become and build and God in heaven wants to train you in righteousness God wants you to learn and grow and live it out Far too many people who name the name of Christ think the Christian faith is a Sunday morning thing. You know, I I watch it online or go in person when it's convenient, you know, if it's not too much trouble, if it's not too hot or too cold or too wet or too dry or too whatever else it might be. But anyway, I'm going to go to church sometimes on Sunday. It'll be a Sunday morning thing. There's no coach. If you are really serious about sports or music or art, who's just said, you know, give a few minutes on a Sunday on a one day a week and you spend a few minutes at it you're good to go man. Ha- great that's all you need but they're saying no you know what you're going to have to train and you're going to have to get after it day after day after day after day after day and God keeps saying to us listen I'm not, I'm not going to leave you just right where you are I want you to learn what life is about don't be satisfied just to know Christ as Savior as, as, as though many Christians are, are like this God saved me and one day I'll go to heaven, and in the meantime, God just says, hey, have at it, do whatever you want, doesn't matter, I don't care. See you know? so in heaven one day. No, he is, he is busy right now teaching you and rebuking you and correcting you and training you in righteousness day by day by day by day because he wants what's best for you. It's one of the reasons why we say, don't just make it a Sunday morning thing. We want to help you all we can. Life groups are going to help you. Man, get involved and connected. Get in, worship services can help, but take personal ownership read the bible for yourself begin to day by day learn more of god's purpose and god's plan because god made you for a purpose in fact that brings us to the fourth reason why we want to be bible based we are bible based because of its purpose would you write that down we are bible based because of its purpose verse 17 says so that now that's getting to purpose here's the reason here's the purpose god's given us his inspired word it benefits us. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. So that. Next week we'll talk about being purpose guided and how we want to be guided by the purposes. We'll talk about how our our purpose, overall purpose, of course, is to glorify God. But we're going to talk about five different ways that we live that out, five purposes we have as a church and as individuals. That's what so that is about. So that here's your purpose. God made you for a reason. And if you know him as Savior, God saved you for a reason. Not just so you can be alive, not just so you're saved, not just for one day, but for this day, so that the man of God, verse 17 says, you know what God's saying here in his word through Paul to Timothy is, hey, I don't want you to be just a self-centered life. I want you to have a God-centered life. Timothy, I want you to be a man of God. God's saying to you, if you know him as Savior, I want you to be a man or woman of God, not just a That's just a man or woman of yourself. That's just a man or woman of the world. I want you to be a man or woman of God. I want you to represent me in this world. I want you to make a difference in this world for my glory. I want your life to be about something more than just yourself or your personal ambition or about your pleasure or about your feelings. I I made you for something bigger, and I saved you for something bigger. And so God wants you to be a man or woman of God so that The man of God may be complete. The Bible gives you everything you need to live the life God wants you to live. God's word is given to us so that we can be complete, so that we have all we need to live the kind of life God wants us to live. Now, sadly, many believers don't know very much about God's word. I mean, realistically, they just don't know it very well. And so they're living an incomplete life, uncertain about what God wants, uncertain about how they ought to live, maybe... Even incorrect in their viewpoints and their attitudes and their spirit. But God wants you to be complete. And then it says, equipped for every good work. The Bible prepares you for service, a life of service and ministry and impact. God gives you His word so that the man of God may be complete, equipped, prepared for every good work. God made you for a reason. And God saved you for a reason. And his word is the means by which you begin to figure out how to live the life God has for you. And if you're not actively involved in his word, then you're not actively learning what God wants you to learn or living how God wants you to live. So um, this week I talked to one of our high school students. He's newer to our church. He... um, Gave his life to Christ a few years ago, but didn't grow uh, deeply in faith, and then started coming here in the last just couple of months, and and he started coming to the worship services and listened to my long, you know, on and on sermons. You know, pastors long sermons, but he came to the under the impression by being here that he needed to start reading the Bible for himself. We say in our church, we want you to read the Bible for yourself, take personal responsibility for your spiritual growth. We want to help you. But you're responsible to grow spiritually, right? We want to help you, but you take responsibility. Read the Bible for yourself. Read through the New Testament. And he said, he's a high school student, working a job. It's a busy time in life. Uh, Being a high school student, I don't know there's ever been quite the same challenges that this generation of high school students has faced. But he said, I'm going to start reading the Bible. And so he started just very recently reading uh, two chapters a day in the New Testament. He's going to read. He's never read the New Testament before. Many adults, some of you, I'm sure there are many of you here watching online or here in person, you've never yet read the entire New Testament for yourself. And now I don't want you to stay there. I'm just telling you you're you're not alone. I wish you were. I wish, I hope, I hope one day you'll have read the Bible many times for yourself. Read the New Testament over and over. Really, it takes a long time to put it together. You know, reading it many times begins, allows you to begin to see the big picture and to understand it, to make application and to and to kind of get through some of the barriers that you're, you, we have a tendency to put up in our own lives to keep us from fully surrendering to God and such. But So this young man said, I'm going to start reading the Bible two chapters a day. I reminded him that if you read just two chapters a day, five days a week of the seven days, just two chapters a day, just five days a week, you'll read the entire New Testament in half a year, in just half a year. That's how doable it is. Now, I, I want... I want you to read it in your lifetime. In fact, five years from now, some of you would say, if you're honest, I don't really know the Bible well. And you'll still be saying that in five years unless you do something about it. And why not say, all right, God, I'm going to take some responsibility and I'm going to start reading the Bible for myself. Here's what's going to happen. That young man is going to begin, if he's not careful, he's going to begin to understand more of God's plan and purpose for his life. If he's not careful... He's going to begin to see that God has him in this world for a reason. If he's not careful, he's going to begin to see that God saved him, not just for heaven one day, but God also saved him for life this day. If he's not careful, he's going to begin to see that God wants to do something in his life and through his life, that God's wanting to equip him for every good work, that God made his life not just for him to get, but to give, not just to receive, but to help, not just to be ministered to, but to minister to others, not just to be served, but to serve. He's going to begin to change his perspective. He's going to begin to see more of God's perspective and less of the world's perspective. Instead of being conformed to to this age, he's going to begin to be transformed by the renewing of his mind. If he's not careful, he's going to begin to live a Bible-based life, and God is going to do his work through him and accomplish everything in his life that God wants to accomplish in and through him. And listen, that might be what God... The reason God brought you to this place this day, because God in heaven made you for something more, something bigger, and something better. Let's bow together for a word of prayer. And I said, when we prayed, I was going to encourage people to give their life to Christ. And so if you're here or watching online or listening on the radio, I'm going to ask you to give your life to Christ today to be saved. Not just to be more religious, not just to try harder, though God in heaven will work in you and he'll he'll bring good deeds into your life but to give your life to Christ. You could pray a prayer like this. God, I know I've sinned against you. Just acknowledge that to him. I've sinned against you. You're holy and I'm not. I can't save myself. I can't self-improve to perfection. I can't be religious enough to be forgiven, but you did something about it. I believe you sent Jesus into the world to live that perfect life for me and that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins, to pay that debt that I owed and that Jesus rose from the dead. And because of that, I can be forgiven of sins and I can have new life. And so right here and now, as best I know how, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and I place my faith in you and what you've done for me. And I ask you to save me. And if you mean that, Christ will save you. And for those of you who know Christ as Savior, could I ask you to ask the Lord to help you to begin to live a Bible-based life? Would you say, God, I want to learn your word I want to begin to study it day by day. I want to begin to learn it with others and begin to learn more about what it's about, what it means, to begin to see the big picture, to not just base my opinions on what I think, what I like, what I feel, what the world says, but what you want, what you say, what you teach. Lord, would you help me to learn your word? Would you help our church to be a Bible-based church that will make a difference for your glory? And Father, I want to thank you for this great passage of Scripture that you've used so many times in my life. You tell us that all Scripture is God-breathed, that you gave it to us for a reason, that through it we can have the life that you made us to have, that we can learn all that we need to learn to have the kind of effectiveness and the kind of a purpose that you want for us. And so, Lord, help us to live it out. Help us to learn it and to live it out. Thank you for all who help us, all who teach along the way, every life group teacher of every age, every uh, Bible teacher, every friend and family member who encourages us in faith. But, Lord, we thank you we can read it for ourselves and learn more about your purpose and plan. And we thank you you love us enough to tell us the truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.